3: recorded live
4: Welcome, Collective Podcast. Now, here are your
2: hosts, Dave A. C and the Sixth Author.
4: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the late Cult Collective Podcast. <laughs> Yes, for those of you who are joining us live, yes, we're running a little late today. We had some issues, but we should be uh, should be pushing on now. There could be only one, and it's Dave AC.
5: He just looks like
4: he's lived forever.
5: <laughs> I'm just thinking. I I've, thought. I've, I've, in fact, I've just felt my chin, and I think my beard's growing while we've been waiting to start this. And uh, because it's immortality, I thought I might get in some practice. Although it's a bit early yet to start. Yes, instead of uh, wine tonight, I thought I might practice the harp. The harp was ah. on a can of Guinness. There you go.
4: <laughs> yeah, so that'll explain a lot about this show, folks. Yes.
2: <laughs>
4: All right, let's get straight down to it and see who's joining us. It's the point gathering Charlie P. P79.
6: Yes, it is better to burn out than to fade away. Hello, everybody. Oh,
5: I like it.
6: uh, And this is Scar Itching, Mr.
4: Darcypical hello.
7: Not sure how to respond to that, so I'll
2: just (laughs) move on.
4: Yes. (laughs) Also joining us, it's Mr. Tim Jury.
3: Just from discovering that there is still a Simon in Brighton.
4: There you go. Ooh. The immortal Cyberman. Ha <laughs> <Ba-da-boom>. ha! Nice segue.
2: <laughs> Alright.
4: I'm sure uh, we should uh, lower the cone now on the rest of the immortal bunch
1: control new agent training program section 3.5 the cone of silence to activate simply lower the cone and speak clearly what do not overuse the cone of silence what do not shout in the cone of silence what in fact don't even use the cone of silence what it's never worked right i don't know why we bought it in the first place What?
5: You don't right. think that should you don't think that should have been the coffin mm-hmm. lid of silence, sweetie?
4: Uh no, the uh, lid, <laughs> <laughs> the the the, the coat of cryogenic freeze.
5: <laughs> oh I could have always, only forced to put my head in it, but that's probably the best bit. Oh, well,
4: yeah, anyway. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> Joining us under the cone <laughs> of immortality is Davey Boy Logan. Yes, Logan. Hmm. Yes. Anyway. Enterprise who? Merlin, who's probably casting a spell of immortality as we speak, and Willow's girl. Alright. It's time for the Immortal typing
5: monkey.
6: There could be only one typing monkey. <laughs> it's news time.
4: And he's
5: Tim. almost he's almost finished the complete works of Shakespeare by now.
4: <laughs> All right, Tim, you've got some news.
5: Well, we still don't
3: know when Torchwood will be on t v in the u k, uh, but on Friday they did release the details of the upcoming three radio plays. They're going to be called "Torchwood: the Lost Files," and well i won't read, I won't read the synopsis as out, but I'll give you the, the air dates and titles and writers on Monday, the eleventh of July, The Devil and Miss Carew" by Rupert Light. Uh, on Tuesday, the 12th of July, Submission by Ryan Scott. And then on Wednesday, the 13th of July, House of the Dead by James Goss. They'll all be broadcast in the afternoon play strand at 2.15 to 3pm on BBC Radio 4. And all of this only adds to the rumours that Tortured Miracle Day will air on the 14th of July in the UK episode one, but that's still not confirmed, even though we had the press launch uh, earlier this week on Monday, I think it was.
4: Is that all the news you have, sir? Yes. Okay, well, furthermore on Torchwood, there are going to be two versions of Torchwood, the US version and the UK version. Apparently, uh, because of the product placement in the US version, uh, things will be edited out. And, of course, uh, you know, uh, the UK is going to get it after the US, which is, anyway, a lot of British fans. But hey, now you know how we feel about Doctor Who.
5: <laughs> now, this, uh, I'm going to be too daft sceptical on you here now. This product, product placement isn't a euphemism for what Captain Jack does, is it?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I wish.
2: <laughs>
4: no, it's you know Captain Jack standing there with a can of Coke in his hand, or, or, uh, and I'm assuming that that that. that uh, the BBC doesn't do that because you don't have advertisers, correct?
5: No, but um, th- I think they're moving towards it a little bit on the B- British TV. We do now have shows that are sponsored by people and I think, Tim... Ha- Not on the BBC the we don't. No, no, Not no. Not on no,
3: the but BBC we don't. Th-
5: th- they're talking about being more lean- lenient about it on UK television, though, aren't they? I, I, I think it's changed. They're, they're, they're
3: less... Um, ...tougher on it than they used to be with brand names, certainly, because it used to be uh, if a band appeared on top of the Pops, uh, there would be a big piece of black tape, and you couldn't tell that they were playing a Yamaha keyboard, for example. Uh, But um, not that it would have made much difference, but um, still no advertising on the BBC, and that's why we love it, don't we, Dave?
5: Yeah, I mean, whenever you Uh, see people uh, eating in a restaurant in a play... The, the the bottle label would always be turned away and I notice things like that
4: <laughs> Now, Davey Boy also says in chat that uh, interestingly uh, DWM confirms that the US version will have some cuts as well so they're not getting it either so both versions are getting cut in different ways no one is getting it uncut I'm assuming the bits <laughs> that they were cutting for the American audience is probably anything in Welsh
5: <laughs> well, <laughs> you you might get lucky, Derry, and it might be Captain Jack can no can can no can can can.
4: Yeah, we know where the product placement is now. <laughs> uh,
5: in other words, it could be just Captain Jack doing the can can. <laughs> <laughs> we're in a silly mood today, as well. we're still on the holidays, by the way.
4: Yes, John Berriman, cut or
5: uncut? <laughs> now,
4: sorry, <laughs> we're we're verging on the uh, on having to change the rating for this show, Indeed. We, Logan. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> All right, I think that about wraps it up for news. Uh, unless you have anything, Darth, because well, uh,
5: we did well, not hear from you really, earlier because
4: you were yeah, trying to get
5: on the show. Yeah, he, I think he does have news, but just before we go to that, uh, I don't know whether I need to say them, but there, 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 are, there do seem to be one or two of the episode titles of the upcoming second half of the series of Dot Two. on the one we know all about already is the Let's Kill Hitler one because that was uh, shown actually on screen at the end of um, you know A Gunman Goes to War uh, but if you go to the net site you know, they've got a couple of more titles there one of which is the one uh, written by um, Mark Gatiss is well, it that's that's had a couple of different names it was um, um,
3: Little Boy's Made Of and he announced on Danny Baker's radio show this week that it's called Night
5: Terrors mm. Right. And there's also a title for episode 11. Sh- should I say it? Is that class as a spoiler or not? It's officially released information. Right, well, it's called The God Complex, episode 11. Uh, and that's uh, Toby Whitehouse has written that one. Uh, uh, well, I won't say who guest stars in it.
4: I believe it's Whitehouse.
5: But I think Darth did say before... Uh, we started recording, he did have something.
7: I do indeed, yes. Mm. Uh, the uh, Cartoon Museum, which is um, a relatively new but nevertheless well-situated museum in London, um, is going to be hosting a several-month-long exhibition of Doctor Who comics from 1964 to the present day. Uh, and that exhibition is going to be going on from twenty the 27th of July through the 30th of October. So pretty much the entire time that we're sort of waiting on you, Doctor Who, you'll be able to go down to the Cartoon Museum and look at some really fabulous artwork. Um, They're going to be featuring art from Brian Boland, Mike Collins, who Mike Collins, if you don't know him, he's um, oh one of the premier uh, latter-day, I guess you'd say – artist for Doctor Who magazine. He has he did a little bit of stuff for the 6th and 7th Doctor way back when, but since then he's he's the guy who's done basically all the introductions of all the new doctors from BBC Wales. Um so he's done at least I think it's 6 different doctors he's given representations of. So he's one of the if you've seen any artwork from DWM Lately, at some point, you've probably have seen something from Mike Collins. Uh, then there's also going to be stuff from Paul Crompton, Martin Garrity, who's another big regular of the modern era of Doctor Who comics. Dave Gibbons, who, of course, sort of kick-started um, Doctor Who comics strips with uh, Doctor Who Weekly. He was the main artist during the uh, Fourth Doctor era. Dickie Howitt, who was a, a sort of a caricature artist who did um, the the strip Doctor Who question mark, which was like an actual comic strip, a gag comic strip that used to run in Doctor Who Monthly. Um, Richard Jennings, who is unbelievable. The guy's a freaking genius. He's the guy who basically defined for us what Daleks look like. He was the first guy to make Daleks fly. He's really responsible for the modern-day Dalek um, and, and the way that the underside of the Dalek looks when it's levitating, because he created that back in 1964's The Dalek Book, which was the first Dalek annual. The guy is just an amazing watercolor artist. I would go just to see his work alone. Then, then we've got Roger Langridge, who's done – mainly he's a letterist. Um, he, he, he's the most prof- prof- prolific letterist in Doctor Who comic history, but he's also done some great artwork tending to be on the sort of caricature style. So he's done some of the more jokey, um, parodic stuff that we've seen in Doctor Who magazine since about the 8th Doctor's era forward. Then Gary Leach, David Lloyd, Pat Mills, Alan Moore, uh, Adrian Salmon's work is there too, John Ridgway was really big in the 7th Doctor's era, John Wagner, uh, who again is one of the greats from the early days of Doctor Who magazine, and they say many others. So it's going to be a well-represented um, exhibition. It's going to be going on for about what is that? Three months, um, and it's at the Guardian Museum now. For those not familiar with London, um, it's in a really great location. Actually, it is one block south of the British Museum. Uh, you're two. It's on a, a Little Russell Street, um, and the the closest tube stops are. Um, what would that be? Tottenham Court Road and um, Holborn. And Morning Reli- Crescent.
4: Sorry. <laughs> no, no. no. Um,
7: it's equidistant between those two, so just get off at of those. But take care not to get off at Russell Square, which would seem to make some sense since you're going to Little Russell Street. That's not too far away, but it's way further away than. Holborn, or Tottenham Court Road. But anyway, that's from the uh, last week of July until the last week of October. If you can in any way get to London, go and see this thing. I think it'll be fabulous.
5: Oh, and Just before you go off, uh, Ian, uh, just remind me the name of that uh, that friend of ours on Twitter, the one that borrowed your sixth Doctor Coat, the cartoonist. Um,
4: oh, great. You yeah, put me on the spot yeah. now. <laughs> Never um, mind. Blank. <laughs> you,
5: know, you know, he wears waistcoats. Yes. Um Tony Come Lee? on, Charlie. Tony, hey? Tony Lee, Lee, yes. Tony Lee. Uh, oh. he, he was tweeting about that he is now going to Comic Con uh, and he said he's just got his dream job illustrating. Is that something that you've heard of, Darth? Uh, I don't know whether he was being coy about it, a which franchise it is that he says he's just got his dream job. Uh, I wondered if that's something that you would have, Perhaps caught on. Um, he didn't I, say to I the I, know, I, I, know, I know one of
7: his upcoming projects is Sherlock Holmes and the Baker Street Irregulars. I don't know if that was what he's talking about. Oh, unless um, no,
5: that's just being confirmed then, perhaps. Because he said, uh, by the way, that what I'm talking about is the San Diego Comic Con, which is the 21st to the 24th of July. Hmm. And he tweeted, that, um, uh, I've just got my dream thing, so it looks like I'll be going to the Comic-Con event after all. Well, he's got a lot of
7: stuff. He's also in addition to this uh, Sherlock Holmes thing that's coming out, he's also got uh, a couple of things coming out for what's called MTV Geek um or MTV Comics. It, it, it's um what does he got? He's got a thing, an original thing called Agent Something or Agent Mom, I think. And then he's got a um uh, something else too what is it? maybe the, a, a reboot of The Gloom I think or something like that um, so he's got a lot of things to sell at Comic Con and of course he's got sort of in an unrelated way he's got the upcoming um, well I guess it's already come out Rat Trap which is a Fifth Doctor audio with Tegan Turlow and Nyssa um, and that's this month I guess that, that came out so I don't know I don't know if any of that's what he was alluding to.
5: Right, I'm just going to his Facebook page See if he's put anything on. Oh, he's in London. Tony Lee's getting ready to wander around sunny London. Finish he's I chasing... Know. Oh, no. But, of course, Lee,
7: Tony is a writer. He's not an artist, so therefore he would in no way be... In, oh, in right, his, he just thinks it, right. Yeah. He's not even a writer... Slash artist, he's just just a writer. He's
2: not even
7: well, well. I mean, there's nothing just about being a writer, but I mean that it, he's he's solely to do with writing, and he's done well, some great yeah. stuff.
5: Mm-hmm. He's put on the his Facebook page. Well, it looks like I'm actually going to San Diego Comic Con after all. Talk about last minute! So he's obviously got. Um, And I can't read there. He's probably being coy about what the project is. Okay. uh, Was that your news finished then, Darth? That was it. Uh, If if that's all, is is anybody else... Did this anybody else had news yet?
4: No. uh, Don't think Charlie had any. Do you, Charlie? Nope. Nope.
5: Okay. okay, uh, Just one bit of uh, feedback then. um, And this is from uh, Jeff, who... um, we know as Jiffy uh, G Seven um, couldn't make it to talk on the show um, uh, uh, last week. We said, that, uh, "Dave, uh, great effort with the latest Empire's podcast, but I'm surprised you didn't include Asimov's Foundation trilogy." Um, it was one of my first sci-fi book experiences. I was about eleven, and even then, it was an astonishing experience. So we always like to get feedback on this show and we had quite a lot of feedback on this particular one. You know d- some just general comments of they enjoyed it but that was a particular one about the foundation tr- trilogy.
4: Excellent. All right Dave, shall we move on into the main body of the show, the immortal body of the show.
5: Well, well, I'm still alive. Let me check my pulse. <laughs>
4: All right, do you have a uh, clip of choice to start us off, Dave?
5: Well, it has to be in honor of Darth. Excuse me, I'm already off on a shaky ground because, as you heard him describe there, he's more indestructible than uh, immortality. And perhaps I should just say, after we played that opening clip, that Ian and myself and our guests will be playing fast and loose with the term somewhat. We're talking about not just people who have, maybe in fiction, achieved immortality, but people who are extremely long-lived, people who have... Um, in some essence uh, very extended lives are indeed people who are actually pursuing that as a dream so it may be the theme of the book rather than the fact that any one character has achieved it or it may be something that interweaves throughout the story I mean one easy one to just mention in literature in in sci-fi books would be like the Dune series where um, the main reason for the Dune uh, world, and I think we mentioned this last week in the uh, Space um, Empires and Operas, was the fact that they want the spice uh, because the spice is used to prolong life. So, it may be a thread, a theme running throughout. So, Darth, let's have a controversial moment. Captain Scarlet, indestructible? Is he immortal? We could argue he what? alive, but never mind. <laughs> What the hell is the difference? Well, that's how I'm asking I thought you might be pernickety and say there was a difference.
4: <laughs> well, there's nothing saying that he doesn't age and die. Uh, he's just indestructible. As long as he can be killed.
5: Well, you think of, think of Bruce Willis in Unbreakable. You know, uh, he was, in a way, indestructible, wasn't he? But he has aged through his life and no doubt would age to a normal... i mean is captain scarlet for instance i don't know is Captain scarlet hundreds of years old or is he or is he fixed at the if he's if he's if the pup uh, he's a puppet by the way everybody uh, if he, <laughs> if if he's like thirty years Fair old life. if he's thirty years old it, does he always stay thirty years old well he's not I mean,
7: good Lord, man. I mean, You're talking about a damn really kids' TV series. According to the mythos of the original episode, he's a creation of the Mysterons. Whatever the hell that means, he's a copy. He's a, I don't know. I mean, it, I, I'll tell you this much. He's not, I guess, entirely indestructible. I mean, he's still... What is it that he's a? He's got a weakness for electricity, I think. Um, and I mean, he strings cut?
2: Uh,
7: well, uh, and I guess that he's not human in the sense that he can't use X rays on him. So I guess that might pose a problem if. I don't know you're you're checking him out for disease or something, so who knows um but he i mean he does have it's not like he's i don't he's got some human qualities, I guess in that he can become nauseated I know there's one episode where he you know he pukes uh and then there's another episode where he seems to get a headache um but I mean, he's like Captain Jack. I mean, he does die like Captain Jack, but he always comes mm. back to life, which is why everybody thinks that really Captain Jack was modeled on him. He probably was, to be honest. Um, so can an immortal person die and come back to life? Is that the definition of immortality? I, I guess it could be. Who
5: knows? Uh, uh, conversely, is an indestructible person, therefore immortal, yeah.
7: But, I mean, uh, I mean, there is...
5: I'm pretty sure that, that at the end of the series oh well no, 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 I'm just sorry long. I'm just laughing not what you're struggling with but Dave always put a great thing in Texas Barrowman is more wooden than scarlet though
4: Meet my boyfriend alone
5: <laughs> <laughs> it's funny but it's true no it's and. not no it's not <laughs> <laughs>
4: the Barrowman rules
5: <laughs> okay so I don't
7: know I I, okay. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, he's... He he obviously can get hurt. He obviously can die, but he can come back to life. I don't think he's the same. I, I, I think it's... The only way in which he's significantly different than, say, Captain Jack is that it is explicitly made clear that he is not the same dude. Right. I mean, there is no connection between the real Captain Scarlet and the one that is actually in the majority of the episodes of Captain Scarlet and the... Mr. Odds. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you.
5: Okay, right. Does anybody else want to come in on Captain Scarlet? Charlie, our Tim. Already, okay. indeed? <laughs> if not right. Well, I mean, not, it, it, we'll is, it is a
4: difficult, difficult one because you know, there's never been this, In a lot of these shows, it's never. Uh, the rules aren't laid out usually. I mean, as uh, a Highlander, you know, uh, they're immortal. Aside uh, so from if you cut their head off, then that's it; they're done. Uh, but there's ones where, oh, they're indestructible, or you know, virtually indestructible. But does that mean they age, uh, normal, and 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 eventually die? Or and actually, when, when you look at it, Captain Jack isn't immortal. If what we've been told is true. Well, look. Because yeah. if he turns into the face of Bo, then he eventually dies. Spoils well, We've
5: we, we mentioned Captain Jack twice now, so <laughs> l- let's bring him in. Let's have a little clip. Oh, yes. Let's Sophia. Uh, How long have you known? Ever since I ran
2: away from you.
5: when did you
0: realize? Earth,
4: 1892. Got on a fight in Ellis Island. Man shot me through the heart. Then I woke up. Thought it was kind of strange.
7: But then it never stopped. Fell off a cliff, traveled by horses, World War One. World War II, poison, starvation, a stray javelin.
2: Ooh. In the end, I got the message. I'm the man who can never die. And all that time you knew. That's why I left you behind. It's not really easy, even just just looking at you, Jack, because you're wrong. Man. Thanks. You are. I can't help it. I'm a Time Lord. It's instinct. It's in my guts. You're a fixed point in time and space. You're a fact. That's never meant to happen. Even the TARDIS reacted against you, trying to shake you off. Flew all the way to the end of the universe. You think it really is?
5: Okay, uh, Ian. Does that bring you in a bit more easily?
4: oh I was bored in before as well but uh yeah that's it, it, a lovely little speech there too, because it it points out the 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 whole fact of the matter is they become a fixed point you know if if you're immortal then then that's it, you're forever that's that's the bit, but then again, like I said, you know eventually he goes on to become the face of Bo and does actually die um so but how long he'd been wandering around the universe for, back and forth in time, who knows? Uh, yeah, it was
2: well, was yes, interesting, an interesting, I mean, an interesting creation,
4: really, and it and it totally plays into, of course, what we're about to see in uh, in the next Torchwood series. Um, so it it plays really well into that, and so by creating a just this you know action figure which is what Captain Jack really is, that can't die, so therefore there's, you know, he can go around wield a gun and get zapped and be electrocuted and everything, and it's fun. Um, You've got now this great storyline of, well, what happens when, uh, you know, the entire Earth uh, becomes immortal, uh, at least for that day. I don't know, well, there's other things I know about, about, uh, the episode uh, the storyline which I'm not gonna even say here because I don't know if anyone else knows mm. it and so I'm to um, not gonna say but uh it it does play well into this here's here's you know, Captain Jack and Immortal and now everybody else is so what does that do to Captain Jack? You know, he's not special anymore. He's not you know, like well I just you know but I do like the stray javelin line. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Yeah, I mean, was—I mean, Charlie might be able to tell us what episode it was, but there was, like, one Torchwood episode where the uh, the clockmaker chap, uh, Billis' manager, or whatever it was called, um, yeah. uh, had this creature that, uh, that cast the shadow, and, uh, I mean, Jack was dying, like, hundreds and thousands, well, hundreds of times mm. in quick succession. So, I mean, he went through perhaps thousands of lives, millions of lives, mm. so... It's pretty much one of the uh, the baseline ones to bring in. As I just uh, allow uh, Z Crom is it into the room and allow chat. Welcome. We're talking about immortality, but we're stretching the definition somewhat, including um, uh, books and things that deal with the theme of that. Uh, indeed. Um, well, let, let's keep to Captain Jack. Well, we've got, uh, Charlie. Do you want to come in on Captain Jack?
6: Uh. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, you played that bit from, um, Utopia and, uh, it's, it's sort of, um, sort of, you know, it made, it made Captain Jack, uh, sort of multi-dimensional in that, that point, you know, with him, him and the and the conversation he has with the doctor. And, um, actually when I saw that episode, I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't watch Torchwood at, at, at that time, so I didn't know anything about Captain Jack being immortal or anything like that or any, any of his backstory. So, um. Uh, so I had that when I went, when I went back and watched Torchwood, I, you know, I had that in my the back of my mind. Um, yeah, and just the whole, yeah, I mean, like, and like, just the thing throughout the whole series, you could tell, you know, the baggage he has, you know, with uh, his family and, uh, with you know, with everybody else in um, Torchwood, you know, about about, uh, you know, for for him, it's sort of, um, you know, he takes the good with the bad, you know, with uh, with, uh, being immortal. Yeah,
5: Forever. I mean, there's lo- there's lots of stories. I mean, again, it's so difficult to know whether he's spoiling people, but there's one where two women, I think from is it from early Torchwood, who who decide to carry out tests on him, don't they, just yeah. to see what his limits are.
4: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, also in in, in Torchwood we have. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember his name now, and it's, I had it in my head, and now it's gone. Um, Owen, uh, Owen, yeah. Uh ah,
2: he indeed. became
4: immortal spoilers. Uh, as well. Yeah, spoilers. Sorry, but uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: um,
4: and it was an interesting uh, counterpoint to 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 Jack's existence, where whereas uh, Jack, Jack couldn't live forever, uh would, couldn't would, live. Would, would 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 die forever. He you know. He couldn't, didn't need to eat, didn't need to drink, didn't, you know, um, couldn't really feel anything. You know, would get cut or break an arm and, and not know. Um, so... It, it,
5: but he did get it, damaged, didn't he? I mean, yeah, when he broke he an take, arm, it stayed broken. And.
4: Yeah, he just couldn't die, um, per se. You know, he, he could, almost like a zombie, really. I mean, you you could chop bits off of him and they wouldn't grow back uh, with Captain Jack, so... Uh, you can lose a limb or an arm. You know, you lose a limb, you know. Um, he's been blown up uh, and reformed. Uh, so therefore, we don't really know what the you know, his capabilities are. I mean, again, Highlander comes, becomes kind of a bit of a benchmark, I guess. Whereas, you know, you chop the head off and that's it. Uh, like, what would happen if you chop the doctor's head off? Would he regenerate a new head, you know? Would if would the body regenerate, or you know, where does regeneration come from? Um, what part of the biochemistry does does re, the, the regenerative ability come from?
5: Well, of course, if if something absolutely sudden happens to the doctor, uh, he can die completely. I mean, one of the reasons oh, yeah. in one of the stories where he gets a glancing blow from uh, one of the uh, one of the Daleks. Mm. He has, like Captain Jack comes along and says, no, he has time to regenerate. But I think Tim was trying to come in then um, for a minute. Tim?
3: Well, I wanted to agree with what Darth said in the chat that the whole becoming the face of Bo thing was a joke.
4: Mm.
3: I'm, or somewhere between a joke and RTD doing what RTD loves to do, and that's wind up the fans. It could be. He puts up, in well. stuff just to spike people. It's not there because it's true, necessarily.
4: I mean, I can see how it's open to interpretation, whether it is or not. Um,
3: no, you only have to look at the way it's presented, and it is presented as a joke. Because he says something, and they look at each other in disbelief. And you can take it either way, but... Right. I mean, <laughs> it's not a direct confirmation.
4: It's not a direct confirmation, but it could no. actually be true. I mean, it is a possibility that if, should he live that long, you know, it could be that he would start changing... Um, and end up. I mean, after millions of years being alive, he could end up being the face of Bar. It could could be equally
3: that story hasn't been told yet, so it's right. not one hundred percent true. Right. Well, but
2: then again, well, it's
4: not not necessarily a joke either. So That's what <laughs> I'm saying. It's 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 you know, ambiguous. You know, it's 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 open to interpretation. Is what I like. You know, I like to, and open to debate. Um, right.
5: Well, in Utopia, when the doctor sees Captain Jack, he says, "You've had some work done." So the assumption is that he he, he will be aging.
6: Well, he says in it... Children of Earth* that he did he found a grey hair. Ah. Yeah.
5: Yeah. yeah. That 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 may be just a really? slight. Why why not why
3: not have conversations in where the face of Bo says stuff that reveals that it's an afterthought it's a joke it's there to wind up the fans
5: we'll see yeah but but we again will, not, so it's not ruled out either have... not ruled in not ruled out right okay well um, yeah. you've mentioned uh, Highland uh, I'll just play a little bit of the theme because we did have some of it before
3: I am Duncan MacLeod born 400 years ago in the Highlands of Scotland I am immortal, and I am not alone. For centuries, we have waited for the time of the gathering, when the stroke of a sword and the fall of a head will release the power of the quickening. In the end, there
0: can be only one.
2: Here we are, born to-
5: And, of course, there was the the film before we had uh, the Highlander TV series with Adrian Paul. I happen to be much more of a fan of the Adrian Paul series, but, of course, the Christopher Lambert uh, actor who played uh, in the first Highlander film, and that was really excellent with, of course, uh, Sean Connery playing um, uh, the old uh, metallurgist, the uh, Ramirez, I think he was called, uh, and then we had... Uh, uh, the Kurgan that was the sort of evil uh, um, Highland uh, evil um, immortal the point being of course that um, it, it's mentioned in the TV series that they run the whole spectrum and then we had the very very awkward suggestion and I think it, I'm not sure whether it was Highlander 2 or 3 where they suggested that these were actually aliens from another world and I and, and really didn't like that premise at all that was but, Highlander uh, 2 was it Highlander too? thanks Charlie uh, but the whole premise was although we're not talking about well we are talking about immortality but they the the, uh, the I keep saying the Highlanders um, they were classed as immortals even though there was one method by which they could die because for all intents and purposes um they didn't age. That was the other thing, is, which of course got rather difficult because I think uh, in the TV series, uh, Duncan McLeod was only supposed to be about uh, seven, no, he's perhaps supposed to be 22 or three or something um, when he died. It was the young Richie, Richie Ryan, his, uh, the, 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 the young lad he trained that was 17, I think. But um I think that Duncan MacLeod himself was about in his early 20s, so it was getting difficult for the TV series, even just after six years, or six series that probably took eight, seven or eight years to film. Um, anybody in the room? Uh, Ian's just stepped away from the mic at the moment. Anybody here a fan of either the films or the TV series? If not, I will. Sh- I shall move on okay let's uh, let's shake things up a little bit and let's go to um um fiction one of the comments that we had a feedback uh, from the last show is that um you know don't just stick to film and tv series and so on try and cover a little bit more of um uh written science fiction so i'm going to go although i've actually got an audio clip i'm going to go to a um uh, a science fiction one and uh, It's called uh, Methuselah's Children, and the main character is called Lazarus Long. But let's hear—it's quite a long clip, this because there's a little slight introduction. This is from um, one of the BBC radio plays, I think.
1: And the second part of Methuselah's Children, Robert Heinlein's sci-fi novel about a group of families who can live for several hundred years. Some of the families have gone public. But the general populace are suspicious of their life extension, and the tide of opinion is turning against them.
0: Lazarus left her on business of his own. He hunted down some clothes and a bite of breakfast, about 3,000 calories of sausages, eggs, jam, hot breads, coffee, and ancillary items, and then went looking for a news box. He found one in the bachelor's library, off their lounge. The room was empty save for one man, who seemed to be about the same age as that suggested by Lazarus' appearance. There the resemblance stopped. The stranger was slender, mild in feature, and was topped off by fine spun, carroty hair. He was bending over the news receiver with his eyes pressed to the microviewer. Lazarus cleared his throat loudly, <coughs> and said, Howdy. The man jerked his head up and exclaimed, Oh, sorry, I was startled. Do you service? I was looking for the news box. Mind if we throw it on the screen? Not at all. The smaller man stood up, pressed the rewind button, and set the controls for projection. Any particular subject? I wanted to see if there was any news about us, the families. I've been watching for that myself. Perhaps we better use the soundtrack and let it hunt. Okay. Lazarus stepped up and changed the setting to audio. What's the code word? Methuselah. Lazarus punched in the setting. The machine chattered and whined as it scanned. The other man turned toward him. I should have introduced myself. I'm Andrew Jackson Libby. Lazarus Long. I know. I was at the meeting last night. Libby. Libby. Lazarus mused. Don't seem to place it in the families. Hmm. Seems familiar, though. My case, a little like yours. Changed it during the interregnum, eh? Got it. Your slipstick Libby, the calculator. Libby grinned sheepishly. I have been called that. The last can I piloted was equipped with your paragravitic rectifier, and the control bank used your fractional differential on the steering jets. I'm glad to have fallen in with you. And this is if I was Louis Strapani, I would say,
5: and that's where you can get your audio book for free and your free download. <laughs> Um, the uh, Lazarus uh, Long uh, from Methuselah's Children uh, basically uh, think of like um, uh, somebody's done research into like where the Mormons do like uh, family trees and that but they've picked up that these particular people uh, fairly well below profile were having uh, much longer lives than than normal people and basically um, as this information starts to get out into the world these families come together to, to actually save themselves and ultimately to, to leave Earth, I think. It's a while since I listened to the whole thing. But um, is there anybody in the room who is either a fan of that particular um, science fiction book or, if, if indeed not, want to just bring up something that perhaps they've read in fiction, just, just to, to vary things up, Ian, and just moving on to, to, to books. I'm the Highlander
4: if, <laughs> It was really short.
5: Eh? what
4: well, happened to the oh. Highlander bit <laughs> well, be really
5: the, 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 after you went away, there weren't any, many comments but um, oh. if you want to just keep on with Highlander uh, for a moment uh, and that will give perhaps two people in the room time to think about some of the science fiction books they've read yeah. that include uh, immortality yeah.
4: well I mean uh, I, I, I'm a big fan of at least of the first Highlander movie uh, the subsequent ones unfortunately especially the second one did not do the the series uh, mentioned
5: that while you're away yeah
4: but, um it, i do like the whole premise behind it of this being these beings these immortal beings that live throughout history and you know it's this this battle on between them that generally doesn't involve anybody any any regular humans um And, of course, the only way for them to die is for the head to be cut. Um, I never did get a chance to see the the series, so I don't know how much more they played on the the whole mythos. I do know that uh, they did anger the fans an awful lot when they did the uh, Island of the Quickening. It was god-awful. And made them all from outer space, from another planet or something Mm. like that. Which yeah,
5: Charlie ridiculous. said it was the second film that did that, yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah. It was just awful. The other ones I still haven't seen the f- I think it was it the final game?
5: There's five films, I think, in all now. The one with, I think the, the full- one
4: that actually uh, has um Duncan MacLeod in it.
5: Yeah, they they actually go looking for the source, I think. What mm. they call the source, which is this uh location where uh well what's going to story. But the right, okay. the the editing the the problem with the third and fourth uh, the fourth and fifth films was the editing wasn't particularly good and um uh, it lost some of the main characters. I don't think Jim Burns, uh, uh who played the um the land, um I'm forgetting his name in the, uh, he he wasn't a couple of the main stars didn't transfer over to I think the last right. film.
4: Really? Right. I still have to catch up. I think the last one I saw was the one with um, what was it uh, the one where he he's living is as, as what he thinks he's a, he's a he's a mortal, but then uh, these immortals that were locked off in a cave somewhere come out and as soon as that's he kills three. one of them, he he ends up being coming back, and I can't remember which one that was now.
5: Um, I think that's the third one. Yeah. Can't remember the title, but yes, he yeah, he'd, I he'd, I he'd I already, I already I'm catching get... up to do. Yeah, he got the got the um, he'd got the prize, but then right. when these others escape from their entombment, you know, because the thing is, of course, with the we should say with the um, with the the immortals in Highlander, they could actually die. In other words, if uh, like one of them is where uh, w- one of them is thrown over the side of a boat with chains around them, right. and they sort of like spend fifty years at the bottom of the sea. Well, for that fifty years, they're dead yeah but when but when their body washes up on shore um they can lie. Uh, Yeah, there was another one there was a captain that came after him that had been marooned on an island and he kept starving and dying and right. reawakening and starving and dying and reawakening
1: yeah.
5: uh, so they could die but like um the captain scarlet at the beginning they they come back
4: which is a nice thing i i guess what i like about how especially on uh, on the visual media I'm not I don't have that much time to read unfortunately anymore um but it's more looked on well and I guess it always has been looked on as a as a curse rather than than um a blessing you know you always when they bring these things out it's like ah yes like live forever you know and then some catastrophe befalls them where you know it's not all as cracked up to be for example Owen and George you know um yes he can't die, but you can't feel anything either. But yes, I'm going to have to. Uh, the final dimension. Uh, thank you, Charlie. You could have said that on audio, you know.
6: <laughs> I was looking it up.
4: Yeah, Highlander: The Final Dimension is the third film.
5: Right.
6: Highlander: Endgame is the one with Connor and Duncan. Okay, and that's the
5: fourth, and then fourth fourth the part. source is the fifth one, I think. Oh, okay. And that one went. That one. I think the last couple went straight to video. yeah
4: yes so I, I, just just to be a completist i think i'm going to have to have to watch them um, but I, i'm a huge fan of the first movie cuz it's just uh it's just f- a fun thing to think about you know these these people out there, and and the fact that nobody really knows about it and the only time that you know it really ever comes up is you know in modern day when you know well there was a sword fight in this parking lot downtown and somebody's severed head was found, you know. But anyway, that's just
5: me. And there's Kobo coming in. We'll just... Uh, a loud See how chat. Kobo's
4: audio is today.
5: Yeah, we'll s- unmute. Do you want to just try your audio, Kobo? Oh... <laughs> what, what, what I'll do, I'm going to mute you, and then if you want to request can you can you work the request to talk? Okay. <coughs> um, right. Uh, finding that difficult to understand, but I, I will unmute you from time to time just to check anyway. But you can always put yourself in the queue. Um what well, just while I mute that uh, sorry about that, Kova. Um so okay, um but-
4: I just I just had to put in that uh, Davy Boy's comment uh, about Highlander. But uh, why was Connery the only Scot in the film playing a Spaniard when everyone else is supposed to be Scottish? Uh, it was funny. <laughs> it almost seems like a joke that they you know. <laughs>
5: yes. <laughs>
4: anyway, sorry, Dave. Continue.
5: Yeah, I was just saying. Is did I? go too quickly over Highlander. Was there anybody else in the room who wanted to talk about that? Right, yeah. as I said, Ian was just away from the mic when I right. moved on. I did okay. I,
4: th- I thought you would talk at length about, about the series, because I know you're uh, I could quite a big fan of the series, so I thought, I've, this is the perfect time for me to go get a coffee.
5: Well, <laughs> well, I started to talk, and then suddenly thought everything I wanted to say was going to be a spoiler. Uh, uh, you know what I mean. If you haven't seen, right. the, like, you haven't seen the the, the different series, um, I, I, even the very first thing I was saying could be a spoiler if you'd read between the lines of what I said. Um, I generally so,
4: uh, really listen to you, though, Dave.
5: Okay. Well, um, does anybody want to comment on the Methuselah's children? Uh, if not, I will play another clip from another book and then I will ask anybody to uh, mention any books that they've read. And then we'll go back to TV and movies and things. OK, I'll take that silence. Right, the next one is a John Wyndham story called uh, The Trouble with Litching. Or Trouble with Liking, some people say.
1: Trouble with Litching.
5: And here is another clip from the radio from the BBC.
1: Yesterday, biochemist Diana Brackley discovered that there was something in lichen that can slow the aging process. But her boss was unusually nervous about her discovery and asked her to keep it under wraps. Tonight, researching in secret, she makes another breakthrough. In the early stages of her investigation of the lichen, Diana had one advantage over Francis. She was not working under the impression that she was dealing with an antibiotic. She knew only that she was seeking something which had one property that looked antibiotic, but was not. In spite of this, however, she all but rejected the very thing she was looking for as too improbable. For good order, it deserved a further test, and then another, and another. The work became a challenge to Diana. It took almost all her spare time, and she frequently worked late into the evenings. Zephanie, who had been sent off to boarding school, was disappointed to see little of her during the holidays. Diana's experiments were conducted mostly upon mice, and by the late autumn, more than a year after Caroline Saxover's death, she was beginning to have real confidence in her results. Okay, I'm going to stop it there. I'm just looking through actually.
5: Um, That's the BBC 4 Extra, as the channel's now called. Some of these science fiction series are um, repeated from time to time. Um, So it is worth checking out. I'm just looking through at the moment. The only one that's on at the moment seems to be, um, they've got um, Red Dwarf on the channel. Uh, So they haven't got these uh, Journey Into Space that we mentioned last week and... uh, the Methuselah's Children in Trouble with Liching that I've just played. So um, that was John Wyndham's book. Um, Charlie, as I said, I will be calling on you fairly frequently. Um, science fiction books. Uh, I can't th-
6: really. I'm, I can't really think of anything right now, but if I do, I'll, I'll say something.
5: Okay. Um, Darth, do you want to come in on on written fiction? Uh
7: well. I mean, uh, I don't know either of the two books that you've just sampled there for us, but uh, I do know, you know, an obvious literary examination of immortality would be, you know, the elves in Lord of the Rings. Um, And I I think you don't really get a sense in the movies if that's all you've experienced with Lord of the Rings, of the, the dichotomy of thought that's going on with the elves. I mean... In the books, it's made much clearer, I think, than in the movies, that the elves are really quite sad because of their fantastic memories and the fact that you know they haven't died. They have this huge collection of, of uh, sad experiences that they're constantly going over in their minds. Um, and that gives them an added dimension of pathos that you kind of get a hint for a little bit in the movies, but it's much stronger in the books. Um, And then, you know, I I think, to me, the seminal literary work on immortality has got to be Slaughterhouse-Five by Vonnegut. Now... It's an interesting take on immortality. Some might not call it immortality, but I think it is, actually, in that the central character of Billy Pilgrim, it, he does die, so I guess you could immediately say, well, that's not really immortality. But the thing about it is, the way it's written, um, there's this external influence of aliens that make him live his life in random order after he's died. So he's continuing to live his life even though he's died, and he, he never knows exactly how he's going to experience his life. So it's an interesting examination of immortality because um, it's... I, I've never really quite seen it before. It's it's the nonlinear existence. And and I guess that makes sense. If if you take away linear... linear what is the word, actually? Well, if you take away linear existence, then...
5: Do you uh, do you die? Even it's if become unstuck the, in time according to the wiki page. Oh, is that what they're calling it in there? Um, unstuck in time,
7: It it reminds me and you can you can see the influence of that later in Deep Space Nine, which I I'm sure has got this sort of Vonnegut idea running around in it, of the um uh, you know, the creatures that are at the center of the wormhole. Um, they very much don't experience time in a linear fashion. They have to have linear life taught to them by Captain Sisko. Um, but it's very much that, that Billy Pilgrim idea of you don't experience things in order that they should come. It's a very interesting exploration. Then I'll throw in one from comic books, because that's literature, two of a kind. Mm-hmm. And that is the... the uh, um, the, I guess you would call it the latter day Hawkman, I suppose. Hawkman's a very difficult character within the, in the DC Universe to get your mind around because he's been rebooted so many times and it's it's difficult to know which one you're actually talking about. But the, there's definitely a strain of Hawkman. It's the one that um, we see explored a little bit in Season 10 of Smallville. Uh, but, but the idea that Hawkman... Dies and is constantly reincarnated, and throughout time is searching for his beloved hawk girl. Um, and the idea of an undying romance—it's kind of a Highlander thing, I suppose. Um, but but this this notion that you know there's a hawkman during the Civil War, there's a hawkman during the Revolutionary War, there's a hawkman during the English Civil War, there's a hawkman during you know. Roman times um and it's all the same guy just being reincarnated in every stage he's always looking for his wife and she for him, and you know going with that, the modern incarnation of Hawk girl, not necessarily the one that we see in you know like the doctor who doctor who not in the d c universe animated series, but rather the one that's in current comic books she too is reincarnation and 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 the trick of at least the one that was in print in say the latter half of the 2000s was that although she'd been reincarnated she didn't remember hawkman and so there there was this you know constant struggle of hawkman trying to prove that they were in fact destined to be together and that they had been together in previous lifetimes but um she wasn't buying any of that um, so it's a, that's an interesting sort of comic exploration of of immortality, I think. And then there's also um, a more obscure but, if you will, direct work. Um, it's not really science fiction, but it is a, a novel, and that's Immortality. That's the actual name of the novel by Milan Kundera, who, of course, the, the great Czech author who wrote... Um, uh, the unbearable likeness of being that some people might be familiar with. Um, it It's really hard to encapsulate exactly what um, Kundera is talking about in the book, but it, it is a very sober examination without looking into science fiction at all of what immortality might be. Um, so that's that's one to look out for too.
5: Okay. okay. Um, let Dave, me just. Uh, yeah?
7: Kobo has
4: uh, requested to speak.
5: Okay. I was just. Undo that. Sorry, I was just checking some links that I would be putting in. Can Kobo? You,
8: can, you get, can you hear me now?
5: A little better.
8: Is it still too loud or what are the.
5: It's just slightly breaking up, but you, 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 we can certainly hear you.
8: Um, I was just going to. We have two interesting podcasts. One of which is the Leviathan Chronicles. Has anybody ever heard of that?
5: No, I haven't. Anybody in the room? Speak up. No, uh, nobody has, but we we do now. The Leviathan Chronicles.
8: Yeah, it's about to worry groups of Immortals one of which is basically a dictatorship and the other group is like a subgroup within the dictatorship trying to overthrow the Chief of the Immortals but the catch is Chief of the Immortals has the power to give the Immortals their immortality she is the only one that can perpetuate the other's immortality.
5: Okay, I've uh, found a link to that, which I will put in the room. for people to it, it. Oh, blimey net. www.leviatanchronicles.com Well, you better spell it than me. I was trying to figure out how to spell the blooming word to <laughs> search it. i <laughs> Oh, right sorry, sorry, you're breaking up or losing ya everybody's
8: interested there was like a minute minute and a half two five percent twenty five I wondered if you could just cue that up and play it so everybody would get an idea of what it was like
5: uh you 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 want to try and play it yourself now. <laughs>
4: I'll see if I can uh, retrieve that while we're, while we talk on.
5: Okay. I can't
8: what it was like. Right. But, yeah, it's a very interesting take on immortality. It's Do, you, Do you want to live forever in this dictatorial society? Or do we want to risk losing your mortality for freedom? Right. That's basically um, the question you qu- struggle with.
5: Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm struggling to follow this. Uh, Ian, have you picked more out of that than I did? Um Well, it's
4: a... For anyone who's wondering um, and is having trouble with the audio, The uh, Leviathan Chronicles is a podcast, uh, um, a dramatic podcast, Uh It's a science fiction audio drama podcast, there you go, featuring the voices of over 60 actors, professional sound effects, and original music soundtrack. There's 25 episodes uh, in season season one, and they're available for free. Uh, You can download each episode on the website, uh, as I mentioned before, leviathanchronicles.com. The story is centered around a hidden city called Leviathan that lies deep within the dark trenches of the Pacific Ocean. The city is home to a community of immortals that sought to create a utopia over a thousand years ago. For a millennia, they lived in peace and secrecy, gently influencing world events to aid the advancement of mankind. But a terrible secret has been kept deep within the catacombs of Leviathan that threatens the existence of the immortals, and quite possibly the entire world. So, uh, as as I said, uh, 25 episodes in Season 1, and they're all available free. Uh, I'm thinking that the rest of the episodes you have to pay for. But, uh, yeah, 25 episodes that are free. It's worth checking out, don't you think? Uh, the Leviathan Chronicles. Uh, com, And you'll
5: also find a link
2: in
4: our chat. So, that's I think that's worth checking out. Thank you for bringing that up, Koba.
5: Okay. No problem. Right, I will mute you again and put yourself in the queue. If you need to. Um, Right, again, before uh, anybody else comes in with some books, um, I was talking with my uh, uh, son earlier today about some of the things, and uh, he suggested some books that uh, have uh, immortality uh, in the theme, Are a character, uh, which uh, I'm just going to give a basic list at the moment, unless anybody wants to talk about. One's called This Immortal, by uh, Rogers Zalaznik. Zalaznik. You know, I can never pronounce his name. Um, this um, Boat of a Million Years by Poole Anderson. Uh, now, this is where these people live so long that they gather together on a boat and decide to go on a basically a voyage around the universe. So uh, that is one. Somebody can comment on these Uh, perhaps if uh, it rings a bell with them. Then there's, uh, again, Roger Zeleny with um, Lord of Light, which is more of a a fantasy uh, book. Um, uh, This is, uh, um, let me, how can I put it? Um, The context of the novel are modern Western characters of a Hindu-Buddhist-infused world. And reflected in the opening lines, his followers called him... Masratamaman or something, they say he's a god. He preferred to drop the Mahatrahan, however, and called himself Sam. He never claimed to be a god, but then he never claimed not to be a god. Um, Then there's um, the Anne McCaffrey books, including uh, The Ship That Sang. Uh, And in this, the actual spaceships, uh, people's personalities, our bodies, are actually put in, to actually control and fly the ships, and basically, as long as the ship survives uh, they survive in a sort of symbiotic relationship with the ship um, and another one is um has that just gone in yeah ship the sounds's gone in, and the other one is uh ring world, and a ring world has um I think it's Louis Wu who is one of the characters in that that is a a very long-lived person. So, um, those are a few. What else did... Oh, and one, I'm just going to move away from books. Um, Darth, you might be interested in in one of the things that some mentioned. Uh, Not a a book unless it was a book first, but it's the uh, Neil Gaiman uh, Stardust um, I don't know whether you feel it would fit into this character or not.
8: I don't, Stardust, I don't know anything
2: about it.
5: It's that Is film you I... told me to watch. The 2000 no. film Stardust.
7: I that? wouldn't have told you to watch that. No.
5: Well, which one am I mixing it up with? There's one with star in the title that you told me about. I assumed it was that one where the boy crosses over the wall. Is it not that one? No, I don't know anything about it. All right, moving on. <laughs> right, I will, I will read the text. I got it in my mind. It was that film that you'd recognize it, but it may not be. So um, how's that given... What about you, In I know you, you, haven't, you haven't read many uh, science fiction books recently, but um, any of those that you, you're familiar with? Not oh, at all,
4: unfortunately.
2: <laughs> um, okay.
4: Although I will, I will mention. Um, oh, Darth can help me out on this. Um, in in the the sense novels, uh, the name of the, I think it's the third book. Uh, what is his name? there's a gentleman in there who's actually immortal.
2: Um, I've completely forgotten.
5: You know, I'm sure this is the book that you mentioned to me, Darth. Is it not sounding familiar with you? The English village of a wall near the stone... Sorry, the English village of wall lies near the stone you can try as much wall. as
7: you want to, but I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> but, uh, Ian, you're talking about it from Castle Rugna? Yes.
2: I think...
8: Uh. Mm. Yeah, okay now.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well I mean well, you, that, you
4: could say um, uh, Jonathan the zombie king is, is immortal even though he's a zombie Uh
7: well, that's a valid point, you know, are are zombies immortal, are the undead immortal? And that's right. it's an interesting, I suppose, road to go down. I, I don't personally think that undead are immortal. I think they have already died, so therefore they're not, but who knows?
5: Okay, well, I'll just uh, very quickly, if I can get back to my uh, page, mention a couple more books that um, I read and then we'll obviously uh, I I was trying to give a little bit of emphasis to to reading and fictional books Um, the um, where's it gone now Um, To Live Forever by Jack Vance Um, uh, this is about um, Garvin Waylock, uh, a rogue individual who's intent on being immortal again uh, this is a story written in 1956. Includes the concept of clones or surrogates, as they're called in the book. In fact, uh, part of the story revolves around whether uh, Garvin Warlock is in fact the surrogate. But what happens is um, people have clones that stay in these sort of vats. If they have a fatal accident, they, they, every, every now and again they have their memories downloaded, and if they die their next surrogate is um, revived, brought to, f- you know, to the same age, genetic age, as the person who's died, and their memories are uh, poured into them for want of a better way, uh, and they, they carry on their lives as though they had never had that fatal accident. Uh, almost like gangers, you could say. Um, and another book is called Hot Sleep by or- Orson Kottgaard, uh, but in this one, it is, um, it's actually a, a planet where uh, there's this tower and this, this civilization is developing over many, many years. But every now and again, this person comes out of this tower to give them guidance. Well, in actual fact, the tower is a spaceship. And in actual fact, this man, his immortality is through the fact that every time he goes back into the spaceship, he goes into, like, cryogenic suspension uh, and, of course, wakes up every hundred years basically to see how this civilization is evolving and that is a little bit similar to the one that i mentioned before uh, the way station the way station is where uh, a man on earth is recruited that um uh, there is a uh, as it would say a sort of stopping off place in intergalactic travel on earth And this man is recruited to man this. And while he's within the station confines, he will not age at all. That's his bonus for doing the job. Um, But every night he leaves and goes for a short walk to see what's happening in the world. And that's the only time he ages. So if he goes out for a 20-minute walk, he has aged 20 minutes. Once he's back in within the confines. And then the story is, of course, about... uh, the way station itself. So it looks as though I'm uh, fighting a little bit of a losing battle on uh, that front. So um, let's go through a film now. Is this? I, th- I found I
2: found the book. I found the book.
5: Oh, come on. it's
4: um, it's "Cruel Lie" a Costa Garan. It's part of the uh, the Zent's, uh series of books, uh, and it's about uh, um. Jordan, who has a magical uh, talent of self-healing, which, you know, he's been dismembered and stabbed and all sorts of things. Uh, At one point, actually, uh, um, he does achieve death, uh, but that's because his remains were scattered, and as long as they're... um, as long as they're in close enough proximity they can reassemble themselves and he can live again but, uh, so they find his remains and they they put them back together and and then he um he comes back to life again and in in present time 'cause the whole thing's t- told as as a story uh of a ghost a ghost is telling uh the young princess ivy uh about how he became a ghost um uh, so yeah it's a it's a neat little story um and he actually, at one point, becomes very um, starts doing some rather rude things, and he blames it uh, on the fact that uh, when he got like bashed over the heads and dirt got into his head, and so he had a dirty mind. <laughs> Anybody who 's read any of end-series novels will understand the humor, <laughs> but yeah, um, so hey at least I contributed a book
5: <laughs> okay well uh, i 'll have to get my uh, numbers up there, let me just mention three more quickly then uh, t- i 'll go to Tim after that, just in case he has anything to bring to this. Uh, w- another book is "Why Call them Back from Heaven by clifford d simak C- C- um, and this is um a much older story, written again, i um, bringing out old books, written in 1967, um, the subject area of how possible future advantages in technology, science and medicine affect human society. In this case, offering how everyone has the opportunity for a second eternal life and how that changes the whole focus of daily life. But is someone trying to fool all of the people all of the time or is this immortality, So, it's immortality for all assured? Uh, Daniel Frost is the only man who may find the answer to this and finds himself fleeing to save his own life. Uh, Another one is The Long Habit of Living by John Haldeman. And one more is um, Permutation City by uh, Greg Egan. Um, a really mind-expanding story so this is, these are my words, by the way I'm not quoting from anybody else uh, a really mind-expanding story with authority Egan conjures up an entire mathematical universe where reality has no substance and time is infinite all is sustained by the action of being computed copies inhabit this world and it seems they can m- mould its every aspect a uh, bit like the um, a Certain Doctor Who episode, there, one would think. Um, Okay, um, Tim, you've been quiet for some time. Is there anything that you would like to come back in on?
8: As I put in chat, no, there
5: isn't. (laughs) Okay, okay, rightio. Okay, well, let's go back to movies. Let's see if this one fits the (laughs) bell. The
2: farthest corner of a distant galaxy and the deepest feelings of the human soul comes a fantasy to fill your heart.
0: I feel tremendous. I'm ready to take all the world It is everything
3: you've dreamed of. It is nothing you expect. Oh, I can keep a secret. I won't tell anybody.
0: It's hard to know who to trust.
2: of an awesome secret it is the miracle of everlasting life we'll never be sick we won't get any older and we won't ever die beyond the innocence of you and the wisdom of age lies the wonder of cocoon <laughs> the 20th century fox presents Jaws, and the director of Splash, Cocoon.
5: Okay, uh, anybody want to comment on that film? Now we're perhaps back on safer ground. Charlie, that, or, or
8: any other film?
5: The Silence is deafening. Thing. I take it you can hear me?
6: Yeah, yeah, i just trying oh, That's all clear. right. Yeah,
5: well, e- e- even a negative response helps. Uh, the uh, reason I say that to people listening to the recording later is we do know some people have had audio problems getting on today, and we do know that there's some weather situations where one or two of you are, so uh, we do need a little bit of a reassurance that people are there at the end of the line.
0: <laughs> well, I never um, took
5: cocoon to be about immortal life. We just said it that in the trailer, didn't felt- a fountain of youth in it. Well, he just uh, said we'll never get old and never die, didn't he, in that trailer.
2: It
7: is technically about immortality, I suppose. Oh,
5: right. the end of I mean, the, the,
7: well, the the problem is, though, you never actually see it. It's that's That's virtually the end of the movie by the time that you actually understand what the hell is going on the movie is over and so it's it doesn't actually consider immortality really um it's more pitched as a movie about older people going off on a new adventure than it is you know oh they're going to become immortal you don't really get that sense until cocoon 2 and by that point of course No, the movie sucks. Um, But yeah, technically, it it is about immortality. It's just not... It doesn't dwell on it in any significant way.
5: All right. Anybody else want to come in on cocoon before we we move on? Okay. Well, one of the things that was mentioned, uh, we had uh, Ian mention um, about a character in Torchwood who who was dead, uh, but still featured in the story Uh, we had uh, Garth mention about whether sort of undeads are still in effect sort of immortal um, still immortal in the sense that they are carrying on with an existence here's a clip from uh, a slightly more humorous take on it George's
2: life is going nowhere fast
8: but she's about to face
0: yes a life-changing event. You're dead. You little girl are gonna be a grim reaper. Oh, uh,
2: it's a destiny thing. Enjoy it. This is what we look like to the living. I was dead. Nay, undead. And this was my so-called afterlife. Starring Ellen Mood, Colin Blue, Rebecca Gayhart, Jasmine Guy, With Cynthia Stevenson, and Mandy Patinkin in a Darkly comic series. Alright, is this guy? If I was senior, this is junior. I should have died together. Saved you, a journey. Really, though? About the one thing that gives life meaning. Yeah. Uh oh. The tenant of apartment twelve J is deceased. This is twelve
5: J. Okay, we'll uh we'll come back next Tuesday. Have a nice week. Yeah, like me. Okay. Uh any, I don't anybody caught that series? I'll oh yeah. Comments on it. I
4: love that show. Um unfortunately one of those things it gone too soon and then they did try and bring it back, but uh they did a, a, a movie. Um of course without Mandy Patinkin in it. Apparently it lost a little of its soul, but yeah, a, a great movie and a great sense of humor about death, which is what really kind of appeals to me about the whole thing. Is just this, you know, they're all of course reapers, and and while they did die, they are brought back and they've got different bodies. But you see them as they as they were, but everybody else sees them as this other person, um, and. Of course, the lead character's obsession with her old life and constantly going back and, and visiting her house and, and checking up on things. and um, Yeah, it's it's a great series. If you get the chance to watch it, uh, I'm not sure about the movie. I've heard it. It's bad. and But I'm kind of a little apprehensive about watching it in case it ruins things for me. But, you yeah, know, I probably will anyway. Yeah, completest and all
5: anybody else want to comment on this one ok well I haven't got a, I've just been searching around for a clip for another series that reminded me if, we, if we're going to include uh, you know, different definitions of being uh, immortal um, the, the, another program that, and this is from the American version of the series uh, which includes um, uh, a ghost so is that going to be an immortal so here's the US trailer to being human my
0: life is different now. I'm different. No one says how to the neighbors anymore, you know why? Because ah, we're the neighbors. I know what you are. How?
7: See the ghost. Not all vampires are bad.
2: You're a werewolf.
0: We'll have full moon parties. We'll invite the neighbors to Being Human, a new original series, coming in January, only on sci fi. Imagine Greater.
5: Yeah, obviously I don't think the werewolf is immortal, but certainly the ghost's existence could go on forever, and the vampire. So
2: yes,
4: yes, let's and we can talk about vampires as well. I mean, there's there's plenty of them throughout uh, the history of TV, movies, and 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 uh, and the written word. Just let's just avoid ones that sparkle, shall we?
5: <laughs> well, the, the, one of the ones that I like was called Forever Night. I mean, it actually has the word forever in the title, so. Uh, that that gives you some clue as the immortality aspect of it. Um, uh, So uh, anybody want to come in on on this very wide definition that we're now bringing into what is immortal? And I should, by the way, just mention that um, it was episode 94 when we actually covered uh, being human. I think we did uh, a a half-and-half show where we talked about both the U.S., and the UK series and I'll just confirm that yeah uh, we did that um on the 17th of April uh episode 94 being human and uh, we also talked about the big be- becoming human the little um, little shorts that were eventually shown as a 145 minute episode Okay, well, I feel as though I'm sort of pushing people in, uh,
2: uh, and
5: uh, we're not getting a great deal of response. So uh, I'm going to go to Charlie and then Tim. Um, is there any area that we feel as I've completely missed out that I should well, be exploring?
6: Well, if you're going to mention um, sort of monsters or something like that, the one that I can only think of is sort of the um, the universal wolfman that Lon Cheney Jr. played. But it's not really much... Like in, the, in the first movie, but in the second movie, where um, uh, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, he be, and throughout the other movies, he starts seeking for a for, um, cure for him. You know, and, and they, you know, actually, one somebody even says, you know, he simply wants to die because he's sick and tired of, you know, um, becoming a werewolf. Um, and so, and, and 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 it's one of those things where you know, yeah, he, he keeps, you know. It's, even though like, you know, they keep on killing them he always keeps on coming back in the next movie so um, uh, that's the only one I could think of that okay
5: uh, just while we go back to Kobo who's put a request to talk Tim you put something in text let's read the only it.
3: thing I could the only thing I could think of was um, Glory in Buffy she's a goddess and I'm taking it as red, we're counting all gods and goddesses as immortal. So that would include, um, um, Clash of the Titans, then. Which is full of Greek gods.
5: Alright. Okay, let's uh, unmute Kobo and see which one do you want to comment on. Kobo, which did you want to come in on? I love dead like me. Ah
8: hilarious, and it was America's attempt to be a little bit British. Okay. It had all the very dry and sort of witty humor that I come to expect from some British sitcom. It almost felt more British than American. Right, or am I
4: alone I, I, in thinking that? No, no, you're not alone in thinking that. That's, uh, I, I kind of agree with that. It's, it's an interesting take on a show. Whereas you know, a lot of shows are American shows are beaten, uh, interesting. This has got a very kind of dry, kind of unusual wit for uh, an American production, if you ask me. No offense to American shows, but you know, it just it, it it's one that's quite set out from from uh, from from other shows. Which I one of the reasons why I like it. It you know, totally kind of goes against the grain, and you know the main character dies in the in the opening scenes, and you know and, and joins up with a whole bunch of other dead people to help other she people gets die. Hit
8: by a toilet, with toilet seat,
4: <laughs> a toilet seat from a from a, um, from a <laughs> space airplane. station breaking up in the in, oh, wow, in the okay. atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> Killed by a toilet seat on her lunch break.
5: Yeah. Uh, OK, David Boy has mentioned, um, although the Green Mile wasn't about immortality, uh, but the people affected by John Coffey, is it, uh, lived for an awfully long time. I did Mr. Jingles the Mouse. Yes. All right. Um, so that's that. Well, look... Um, I know Ian can't stay a great deal longer today, as he's mentioned, so I'm going to move to the last main one I wanted to mention, and that, of course, is one that combines immortality and mostly indestructibility, and here's no his theme. Going the Oh, sorry.
8: for a second, um, John Coffey, Stephen King said, was kind of based on Christ
5: based on Christ oh. yeah interesting okay thanks for that Kobo uh, and uh, I'll, I'll move on to this as I say combining m- virtual immortality and virtual indestructibility <laughs> it there Um, now I I don't know whether in the comics they explored this uh, much but I mean I do remember in the Smallville uh, there was definitely one episode and I hope this isn't too spoilish because I don't I'm not going to give too much away but there is um, you know they had these meteor freaks uh, people had these gifts and there's one boy that comes to Smallville who won't is scared of touching anybody because when he touches them or brushes against them he sees their moment of their death, how they died. And, and of course it's a story point plot that one of the characters that's one of the central characters in the episode, uh, has this uh this thing. The point being is that when he accidentally pass, passes Clark Kent on the stairs in the college, all he sees is the 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 cape flying forever on and on and on and on. He's never actually had that experience. So um uh, that basically is the only reference I think, in certainly in the Smallville, of the fact that um, you know Superman will 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 have a very extended life. And of course, we know about all his super strength and that, and the, the only weakness he has is to the various forms of kryptonite. So, um, is this surely someone that uh, probably everybody on Mike in the room can comment on? Charlie, you have. So, very little today. Superman.
6: Um, I I never really thought of him as being immortal, because... But, you know, I mean, whatever. Um,
5: Yeah, but... but Right, well, it's as as near to immortal than... I mean, perhaps we'll ask Darth towards the end, where, uh, you know, if there's any time limit put on him, but while he's around our yellow sun, presumably he will live... Many thousands of years.
6: Well, yeah, I mean, he has you know super strength and everything like that, but um, I don't know. I, <laughs> I have never really, I never, I never really put put any thought to, to, to Superman. That's that, that's that's my problem, I guess. Um, yeah.
5: You uh, never thought of that as one of his attributes that the, that he would go on for an extremely long time. You never got well, that from the films or the books or the stories.
4: Yeah. I do understand what Charlie's getting at. Is that, that there's this? I guess I mean the the thing about Superman is that he's you know his super strengths, uh, the ability to fly, etc. That, that I, I guess they don't make too much of a point about whether he will or won't. I mean, at least in the movies, um, they never it's never brought up as a point that oh yeah, well he's going to live forever. I mean, we actually see him uh, age. Uh, from being a boy, you know, to being a man, you know, from being a, a baby to being a boy to being a man in a short, in in a regular space of time. So it's not inconceivable that he may age, you know, in the same fashion that we do. Um, it hasn't my my point is it hasn't actually been explored, at least in in the movies, that he is immortal. Um, in what
2: the fact
5: say, that he sorry. can't
4: grow old and die. Um, we could have a geriatric, you know, Superman flying
5: around, going, "Hey, Sonny, get out of the way!" <laughs> I think you're thinking of uh, Expendables, called, the Expendables, or what they they called? The the cast. Um, well, let's go, let's go to Darth. Darth, can you throw any light on this?
7: Yeah. I mean, I think that you're crazy to say that he's immortal. That doesn't in any way, shape, or form match what we've seen in comic books. It doesn't match what we've seen in movies. It certainly doesn't match what we've seen in Smallville, and I think you're misrepresenting that episode entirely. The guy didn't have the ability to just see when you're dead. He had the ability to see one's future. So yeah, but the moment of death. No, no. You've, misinterpreted, tra- it. No, you've misinterpreted that. Episode entirely. That's not what that episode was about.
5: Well, without being spoilerish uh, to the people in the room, one of the way female do characters he sees how she dies, and then he, he bumps into her later, and the the future's changed because uh, a sports teacher that um, is saved from dying in front of a car suddenly right. changes that person's right, way. his he ability will die. is not
7: his ability is not exclusively to see how a person will die. His his ability is merely to see the future of the character. So that's not what that episode is saying. Um, And even if you did interpret it that way, which I think is wrong, um, just because you see the fluttering red cape doesn't mean that you're not seeing Superman dying. Uh, He could well die in the air flying. Um, But regardless... The, the overall point of the Superman mythos is that it has never been hinted in any way, shape, or form that he is immortal. And indeed, the original Superman, that is the Superman of Earth-1, is differentiated from the Superman of Earth-2 because he has gray hair. And there are many stories within the body of canon, not um, you know hypothetical stories, not what-if stories, not alternate universe stories, but actual full-on continuity-based stories in which... Th- Superman is depicted as aging, just like anybody else ages, uh, and eventually dying. And one of the things that's posited by some strands of continuity is that there are um, different versions of, uh, well, well, that Superman gets reborn generationally, um, that, for instance, you know, there's a Superman of I forget what exact century, but of let's say 2554 or whatever. That is an offspring of Lois Lane and um, Clark Kent. And you know when our Lois Lane and Clark Kent of today meet these people from the future, they do DNA tests and they find out, oh yes, this is our son. Um, but it's very clearly implied, um, you know, that Superman does not have immortality. Uh, not implied. It's it's very firmly stated that he is not immortal, that he will die. Um, and, and a number of things are shown to have the ability to kill him. And indeed, you know, the best-selling comic book of all time is, or at least of certainly the last 50 years, the death is of Death of Superman. And the reason that works is because it's plausible that he died. If it wasn't plausible that he died then that story would never have worked. Um, and, well, you know, We've
5: included Highlander, who can die when he cuts off his head, but we've still, we've still covered him in this podcast today. And that's why, although I'm not saying that Superman is immortal, I'm and is like some of the Lazarus Long and others we've mentioned, he, he is supposed to have an extended life form. I've always thought that. And, 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 I, and I'm, I'll, I'll stick to my guns on this one with that young lad, because... If he only saw people's future, it wouldn't mind touching them. He wouldn't have this phobia about touching them. He only touches because he sees their their moment of death. That's what he sees, and he he pulls away from that because every time he touches somebody, all these sad experiences and painful experiences he he, he almost experiences with them, and that's why, and. As you say, and he says to Clark Kent, I, I, you, just, you just go on forever or something. I mean, that's not literal, but that, he says something along those lines.
7: I think if you go back and watch it, you'll, you'll see that there's more wiggle room in what he's doing than what you're interpreting. Um, the, okay. It, it, it's clearly not implying that, he, that Superman or that Clark Kent is immortal.
5: No no, I did, no, 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 I know. I realise that, but as far as this, you just saw him going on and on and on, um, and again, on many many occasions in today's show, we've talked about uh, uh, ones that can maybe even already dead, like the ghosts and the uh, the vampires. So we're not, as I said, right way back at the beginning, this is my get-out get out clause, hmm. we're talking about the theme of longevity and indestructibility but a, and but, but, but Superman's not even
7: implied to be long-lived. Not not extraordinarily long-lived. Not, not longer lived than a Kryptonian. Now that may be longer life than a, a human, but in no way is it implied that a superpower of Superman's is his long life. That's never, ever been the case. Because if that were the case, then you would get discussions like we had in a school reunion of, you know, can Clark Kent contemplate living with Lois Lane, knowing that Lois Lane, Lane is going to die so much earlier than him. And that's never been discussed on any level whatsoever. There's never been the indication in the slightest degree that a romantic complication is that his wife is going to die significantly earlier than him.
5: Okay, well, I um, I, I certainly accept the the fact that um, that the interpretation is there that he, he, his lifespan may be normal for someone from Krypton, but I, I understood the fact that if Superman was back on Krypton. He would just have ordinary powers. His powers are only different because he comes to Earth and under our yellow sun, he has superpowers. I mean, if he was back on Krypton, he wouldn't be able to fly, he wouldn't be able to lift things, he wouldn't be able to do all these things. It, on that planet, he would be one of their ordinary people. All his abilities are enhanced because he's un- under the glare of our yellow sun.
7: That may Therefore, well be true, I'm a sun... That- that has nothing to do with longevity it's never ever been stated that he lives longer than a human even much less longer than what a kryptonian should live um and, and more than that we've seen because there are you know at least two but certainly more than two uh superman in the body of dc canon and one of them the original superman is shown to have gray hair we know that he does age at a rate that is um, consonant with humans, because not only is he aging, but also his version of Lois Lane is similarly shown to be in her 50s at the same time. So, the, I mean, you know, the implication is quite clearly that he ages normally, for a human, even.
5: Okay. Uh, anybody else have an opinion on 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 this? Oh, come on. Uh, Ian. Ian. How do how do you see that? Ian, is your audio still there?
8: Okay, Charles. Oh, either. Okay. What well, the, uh, the-
5: yeah. Well, uh, as I say, I'm not I'm not postulating that he is uh, immortal. Uh, I was just putting him in the category of, you know, extended lifespan. And I, uh, perhaps misremembering from my youth, but I always got the impression that Superman would live long after many of his friends would have died off and he would be still there. I mean, in another episode of Smallville, and again, uh, this is whether you assume Smallville is Superman canon, um, one of the worries that um, Clark has after his father dies and he's worried about his mother, is that you know he's afraid of being on his own because he can see that he will go on long after these people, other people have died, and uh, that is referred to at least in one other story than the one I uh, mentioned at the beginning. But I'm obviously. Um, in a, a minority of one here so perhaps that's one of the things we will get feedback if you listen to this podcast and have either any information on it i can quote some um reference to it in any of the the stories please get back to us and um agree um i disagree as you um, you have information okay well um I'm about ready to wrap up because I know it sounds as though Ian has dropped off. Um, Ian? Oh no, okay. Um, one other one, and this I'm not postulating as whether we should include, but I put it up for inspection because this person as isn't actually, in theory, alive. But one of the characters from Star Trek The Next Generation was Data. And uh, uh, from Time's Arrow and all that, we know that he can survive thousands of years is that episode where his the the head of data is left in a cave for about 5,000 years so um again i'm going to move back to charlie um should we not consider data because he's well, not alive
6: well yeah well it's well like i said i'm you know see what happens in the last movie i wouldn't consider him immortal <laughs> like Spoilerish,
5: don't say. Yeah,
6: we're spoiling Star Trek Nemesis, but then, but, but, you know, whatever.
5: Right, okay. Um, Okay, well, I think um, because I know Ian is probably either dropped off or has to go soon anyway, and I've obviously done far too much talking today, I think I'm about ready to wrap up unless anybody has suddenly um, clicked that we've completely forgotten. Uh, okay, everybody
8: else. More sure, I Go on, cover. It's called The Byron Chronicle. It kind of examines immortality in the other section, where the central character is immortal, but everybody around him eventually dies.
5: And I missed the title and, of that. I'm sorry, did anybody else catch that? Or can you repeat it?
8: The Byron Chronicles.
5: The Byron Chronicles.
8: It's kind of like Doctor Who in a fantasy setting, really.
5: Right. Let me see. If you talk just a moment, I'll try and see if I can look that up in wiki. You can
8: find it on com. Easier.
5: Ah, Darker Projects, yeah. Uh, let me put the link into the room. At least, let me... There we are, I think that's it. www.darkerprojects.com forward slash Byron Chronicles, all one word. Paranormal drama from Darker Projects uh, for a a previous foray into the world of Byron. Listen to the Byron's tale. um, Not sure whether there's... Okay, and that's uh, again one that you would recommend for people to check out. Yep. Okay. Like I
8: say, it's an interesting take on immortality because all his friends keep dying, all his friends keep dying, but he endures forever.
5: Okay, and I think I've just got in coming back now, he's trying to get back into the room I think, Uh, just so I can give Ian time to see if he can get back in although he looks as though he might be rebooting Um, let me just go I'll go around the room once more um, before we actually say farewell. this is not your farewell one Uh, Tim, anything that you feel as though we've completely ignored and missed out?
3: We've missed out things in Doctor Who like Wrestle On
5: oh yes we you said that right before we started the recording that we should mention um the five doctors. Do you want to give us a little a, a little bit of background about the the scene that you're talking about
3: uh well the they've spent the whole story heading towards Rassilon's tower his it's described as his tomb, and the second doctor describes Rassilon living there in eternal sleep and when they find it, it, it looks like a tomb, but on the tomb are these faces. And when Rassalon talks to them, he says, Others have come to seek immortality before you. And um, he turns to the doctors and says, Do you seek immortality? And they all go, No! <laughs> uh, but uh, it's.
5: Um,
3: I can't remember the name of the Lord President,
5: yeah. Arusa. Yeah, well, don't give away uh, the actual final. Denouement, but the point is they're seeking. The in, in,
3: in 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 the words of the in the words of the story, um, Rasselon knew that immortality was a curse. Right,
5: just yeah, leaves so that that doesn't, that doesn't right. give anything away. <laughs> no, no, it, we've got to be so cagey nowadays. It, 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 there's possibly it, it, been other sort of
3: creatures and so on in Doctor Who over the years who may have been eternal, such as um, the. Um, the sort of huge demon in the impossible planet, Satan Pier. It's kind of indicated that th- this uh creature has been around since I think the the phrase used in the show is before time. And th- and even the doctor goes, What?
2: Nothing existed
3: before time. But um you can interpret that as having always been around, I guess, a, a sort of godlike immortality. But, right. um, it, it, it's been touched on surprisingly few times given the long life of the Doctor, really. It kind of comes up now and again, like the Doctor will mention his age and uh, Pyramid of Mars. He says he's like 750 something years old, and Sarah just takes the mickey out of him and says, That means you're practically middle aged.
5: Okay, let me just um, check. Oh, let me just check again. With did they
3: just keep moving the goalposts on it? Because we had that thing in Sarah Jane Adventures, where the is doc- asked how many times he can regenerate, and he says something like five hundred and something. <laughs> I'm back.
4: And it's oh, about good. time. Sorry, <laughs> the internet just fell out from underneath me. Sorry about that.
3: Oh, was there a great big bang.
2: No, actually, it was the funny
4: thing. There was no. The, the storm seems to have passed, and everything, and it just went. All of a sudden, I, I thought David stopped talking.
5: No, it was me. I was Which I know, that.
4: that's, yeah, me stopping talking, yeah. That's, that's like immortality, isn't it? <laughs> He'll talk forever.
5: Yeah, I, I was just saying that we're, we're probably coming to the close now because um, I, I know uh, I've talked far too much today and uh, <laughs> maybe too much off topic, but um, uh, is there anyone that, I mean... While you were just getting back to us, Tim was just reminding me about that, that we, we should have mentioned about Russell and the five mm-hmm. doctors, which he has done, and uh, the other one I mentioned has said should we include data? But of course, data wasn't really alive, so um, that was that. Uh, is there anything you wanted to include in? Are we about to wrap up?
4: Wolverine is uh, is one that you could kind of include in the same uh, boat as as Captain Jack, uh, but then again, his his Mutation is his ability to heal, and so there's never been. I don't think I don't know. Well, on the screen, it's never been stated whether you know he can live forever or not. I mean, uh, but now with his adamantium skeleton, I mean, I don't know if you you can't really cut the man's head off unless you've got an adamantium blade. Who knows, Darth? Cause probably knows the answer to that one.
7: I don't. That's Marvel.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, wrong universe. Yeah, yeah. Damn.
7: but he is he is substantially I don't know impervious to stuff I don't know if he's totally immoral or anything but Um,
4: it is alluded to I think in the first X-Men movie they do mention the fact that they don't know really how old he is Um, and I know there was at least one comic series where he um, I think he was fighting alongside uh, um Anyway it's fighting in one of the like World War one or World War two um
7: right I can't, I can't. Wolverine origin probably um mm-hmm. that or Marvel eighteen twelve yeah th- there's definitely an implication of something uh some kind of extended life for Wolverine right, definitely, but I don't know what its limitations are. It's too bad Logan's not around because Logan travels more in Marvel Universe than I do. right yeah. I know I just find but. It-
4: it's you know, immensely one, humorous that there's a, there's a, there's a line that would be crossed.
7: Oh, line. no, I don't deal with
2: that comic
7: book. <laughs> no, I I can't. I mean, there's just too much stuff. You know, <laughs> I mean, I get a little bit into Marvel, but it's really only Fantastic Four, and that's about it. Okay. Uh, I just can't go any more than that.
2: Rajagul.
8: Uh, He's mm, mm,
7: mystical, mm. I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the use of the Lazarus Pit.
4: You know, I mean, there is keeping oneself going with various uses. I mean, you know, like I said at the beginning, um, Portrait of Dorian Gray. You know, um, right. still immortality if they still have access to, um, to the the thing that you know makes them immortal, like uh, the uh, the gold and 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 Stargate. Uh, they are essentially very, very, very long-lived. Um, but by hopping from body to body and using artificial means to keep themselves alive. Uh, similarly so with Voldemort with the Horcruxes. I mean, it's not essentially life, um, but his his being, his essence, is, is being put into these uh, objects, uh, sustaining his presence, as it were. So, well, not necessarily living, he is in a sense existing oh, excuse me. Uh existing right. in, 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 in one shape or form. Uh the other one that I wanted to bring up that I found in this uh this uh Wikipedia entry of immortality in fiction. So look that up. Uh it's actually a nice little article. Um and this deserves to be brought up just because I like it, a wow-bagger, the infinitely prolonged, uh, who has the misfortune of being immortal due to a strange accident involving an irrational particle accelerator and liquid lunch and a pair of rubber bands. Uh, after he became immortal, he uh, did everything that one can do in one's life, uh, several times becoming terribly bored of everything due to the, uh, him lacking the... <laughs> instinctive knowledge of other immortal beings uh, that allowed them to cope with immortality. So he made a plan that uh, that uh, he'd go around and keep himself busy by insulting everybody in existence in alphabetical order. <laughs>
5: uh, and mm. I've got something just to add here. Uh, I've just been checking up on Smallville. Found season three, which was the episode I was thinking about. Episode 12, season three, it's called Hereafter. Hereafter. Mm. Uh, Clark learns his schoolmate John can foresee see the future death of anyone he touches he Ooh, him, I, 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 I,
7: yeah i
5: won't i won't read <laughs> out who he warns, whose death he warns him about, but it's one of the main characters, but Jordan also tells him that he didn't see a death in clark's future yeah again, I think that you're i mean i
7: don 't know who wrote that right up or whatever, but I think that you're misinterpreting what is actually going on on screen because it's, yes, I, the, the, the episode does involve him seeing various people die. There's a point at which he sees, uh, you know, an older Lana, but then there's also another point where he sees, you know, she's di- dying as an old woman, and there's a point where he sees Lana dying in flames. It should be pointed out, neither thing actually happens to Lana in the course of Smallville. So what is his power? His power is bullshit is what it is. Um, well, no.
5: In the storyline, Clark does something to change that future. But neither. He saves ha- no, no, life. no, no.
7: Listen. Neither of those things happens to Lana in the course of Smallville as a whole. So what he sees is bullshit, and there's no other word for it. Yes, within the confines of just that one episode, some things happen, and we see different things, you know, here and there, um, but nothing he predicts about anybody he touches, well, about any of the, the main characters that he touches comes to pass. So therefore, who knows what his power really is. It's well, supposed uh, to be seen into the future. Yes you can say it's you know right. he well, sees I, some death again, but he doesn't see immortality for Superman.
5: Well I've got to argue on that one. I've got to argue <laughs> that because first of all, although I haven't seen series nine, I haven't <laughs> seen series ten if he saw an older Lana Lang, that would be well after this series had ended. She may still end up dying as that old but woman. In the
7: episode hereafter, <laughs> he sees the older Lana Lang first, before her destiny changes, and then suddenly it's younger Lana Lang dying in yeah, flames. Which doesn't that- happen to her. Which doesn't happen to her. At no point in the history of Smallville does she die in flames. So I know. Okay. Then then that character is bullshit. No, Clark does something. Clark changes the future. No, what Clark does in that episode, I cannot believe we're talking about one of the worst episodes (laughs) of Smallville. But anyway, what what happens in that episode is that Clark changes Lana's future to become the younger death. See, his first touch... This guy's name. That's right. He, he sees Jordan his, for, his yeah. first death.
5: Is, spoil territory, but yeah,
7: it, on, it's spoiler oh territory. Spoiler territory for something from two thousand four. Sure um, it,
5: it the first thing that
7: he sees is her dying as an old man, old woman. Then Clark changes something, then she's going to die as a younger woman. That doesn't happen either. So he's got some sort of, you know, precognitive bullshit going on. But it is just well, that. It's total bullshit. Because well Virtually nothing that he foresees happens in the entire episode. And okay, some of it you could argue is, well, he alerted Superman, and so therefore Clark was able to avert the future that he saw. But nevertheless, even for the, the Lana thing is the key thing, I think, to understanding this power. Nothing he sees about Lana ever happens. So he's not accurate. And not only that, but what he sees... About but how do we know Superman? Lana
5: doesn't die as an old woman, unless that's Wait, happened in series the first, nine and no, no. ten? No,
7: no, no, that's the first thing that he sees in the episode hereafter. The
5: then Clark changes Lana's future, uh, right, right? and then he corrects it again during the course of the inform, during the course of the story. He saves her from that fire. Again, spoiler. So then, her original destiny is back in play. Oh. But of course it is. He reverts. he changes her future, and then he tries to sort that out so that changed future will not then come about, which then means her, her, her lifestyle, our life uh, ending, will revert to back what it was before Clark had interfered with events. Okay, and then you
7: would have to ask yourself: Is the the uh, ending that he supposedly sees for Clark, therefore going to be valid either.
5: Well, the only we, explanation I can think of that is the fact the reason he doesn't see Clark's death is because he, the boy himself, will die before Clark does. Therefore, as long as he's alive, oh, Clark wow. will be alive. There's no, there's nothing saying
7: in that episode that he's going to outlive Lana either. No no no. The point is that we see within the episode that he has changing visions of a, a person's future. And there's no right. reason in the world to assume he doesn't he's he's actually seen the accurate ending to Superman. Not only that, there's no there's nothing in the episode that says that he's actually seen the end of Superman or that that is supposed to imply that Superman will live forever. But the broader point is, Dave, that you're trying to say from an episode of Smallville, which is clearly in an alternate universe to real Superman, that somehow Superman has the ability to live forever. That has never been stated. And again, I say it's completely
5: against what has been stated. Okay, absolutely. absolutely Let me me finish up by (laughs) saying two things. First of all, I said what I said before. I said we can go to Darth for some clarification. Secondly, I never <laughs> said...
2: Hang on, hang on,
5: hang on. I never said he would Im- be immortal. I said, oh, I think we can roll back the table now. You'll find you said immortal. No, You're. I said, oh. here's one that we may argue... <laughs> no, I said, quite deliberately... That this is one we may argue is both indestructible and immortal. In the terms of what we've been talking about, where we've talked about uh, Highlander, where he's immortal but still can die. We've talked about others that are dead but live on. In those terms, I said, should Superman be in our category of a very long-lived person? And and the when I was no. reading comics as a kid, I always thought that Superman mm-hmm. had a very long and extended life. I always You're thought wrong. The premise I, of I, I
7: will defy you to find me any comic
5: that's within the regular continuity
7: that actually says anything about Superman having a longer life than even a human, much less a Kryptonian. So, I don't know. Yeah.
5: Anyway, moving on to what I'd like to talk about now,
7: which is the I know one I call, big
5: thing. Sorry, t- sorry uh, oh. Tim, I know I call the show Immortality. I preface this particular character being talked about as, do we consider this person? I, and in each one that we've talked about, I've said, do we consider this? And Ian preference right at the beginning, we are going to be talking about Extended lives, people seeking out immortality, not necessarily just talking about immortals. Ian, we did say that at the beginning, didn't we? We
3: did, we did.
5: Uh, that's
7: true, but there again, there is nothing within the body of regular Superman continuity. Not one damn thing which has ever suggested that he's even slightly long lived, much less that he's immortal. Nothing.
5: Right, well, perhaps this podcast is too long
7: lived now, Ian.
2: <laughs>
7: well, now, wait a minute. We haven't talked about the one thing that is clearly about immortality, but that a lot of people don't know is about immortality because they've written off a portion of the story, and that's Star Wars. Star Wars is entirely, it, it, it turns on the notion of immortality. I mean, the reason that Anakin Skywalker becomes... Darth Vader is because the Emperor promises him the secret of immortality. And the the very difference between a Sith and a Jedi is their understanding of immortality and the fact that Qui-Gon Jinn figures out the way that you, you know, get to be immortal within the Star Wars universe is to let go your conscious self, let go your attachment to um, the present and your ambitions and to merge with the Force and become one with it. And it's that ability which he later teaches to Yoda, and which he later teaches to Obi-Wan Kenobi, so that Obi-Wan can then inspire Luke Skywalker. And we see, you know, at the end, at the conclusion, when the Emperor has been destroyed, when everything is okay for the rebellion, that, you know, you get these Jedi ghosts coming back in the Force where they have attained immortality. So, really, Star Wars is entirely about immortality. Um, but a lot of people sort of, you know, because they don't like Episodes 1, 2, and 3, they sort of have maybe missed that point, I think.
4: Yes, uh davy Boy brings up in the text chat, uh, uh, he's still, uh, he is still the young Superman in The Dark Knight Returns, whereas Bruce is aged decades. But I'm taking it that doesn't fall within the official... Um, Superman storyline, correct?
2: What?
7: Dark
4: Knight I mean, Dark this Dark Night Returns.
7: I
5: was just talking about Not Star Wars and we're the, back to this thing. I know,
4: I'm just bringing up something. It's yeah, reading what's in
5: chat. text, what was put in text. Now, what's the question?
4: Well, you had you asked if, 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 you know, uh, anything within any of the comics, uh, the official storyline where the Superman, you know, was shown to be longer-lived. And uh, he brings up the Dark Knight Returns, which I'm assuming, because it's a Batman comic, isn't actually in the official canon. No,
7: that no, that's not the issue. The issue is Dark Knight Returns is, um, uh, it's um, wait, no, Dark Knight Return isn't in Batman continuity. Even it's it's its own miniseries. But, sorry to bring us back no, there, but sorry. you just
3: asked. Yeah, you, know,
5: you, asked, just a, you asked. for it, and Davey's trying to produce something. Yeah, sorry. Right. No, no. I was just I was thinking about Star Wars, and then suddenly, <laughs> yeah. No, but
7: I, it's it. As I recall, no, Dark Knight Returns is not a part of regular Batman continuity. Although it is in. Oh wait, wait. Yeah, no. It's 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 absolutely not. It's on it's on Earth Thirty One. Yeah. Okay. So it's not it's not prime earth at all. Ready? Right.
2: Sorry. <laughs> yeah.
8: Darth just to the impossible. He made the new Star Wars trilogy cool.
7: It's not impossible. It's a good damn film. It's just <laughs> people don't understand that it you got when you're talking so about Star Wars, you have to look at the entire thing. You can't you can't just say, "Oh, except for the things that I don't like about it." It's either the whole story
4: or it's not. See, I wasn't sure if the if the immortality that 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 um, the emperor mentioned was actually a real thing or just a uh, a, a ways of you know getting to uh, to, to Anakin to well, turn that's,
7: that's an interesting point, and that is certainly a, a matter for debate. Um, but the you know certainly. The reason that Anakin turns to the dark side is because the carrot, whether or not that carrot is real, is dangled in front of him. Now, what you find by going into Star Wars material outside of the films is that, yes, indeed, the, the Sith have learned how to become immortal, but they do it by imbuing their soul into an object so that they're tied to the physical world. And because of that, their souls just go around and around and around inside of these physical objects, and they go crazy. I mean, not to say that right. Sith aren't sort of crazy anyway, but they go <laughs> insane because they're trapped in a physical uh, shell. And um, you know, then you have to act, you gotta ask yourself, well, what good is it for somebody to be? immortal within the confines of something I've got to go and find. So you get these stories, especially from uh, a period of time, uh, you know, the Knights of the Old Republic time, which is, you know, some 5,000 years before the events of the movies, um, where Sith will be going on these archaeological digs to find the, you know, artifacts of these older Sith, and then they find them, and that gives them some additional power, but the lesson, really, of the movies is that true immortality is when you totally let go of the physical world, and you you become, by your own choice, one with the Force, and then you'll be able to actually have a, a bridge back to the the mortal world, and be able to help people in the way that we see, you know, Obi Wan helping Luke. Right
4: um also there's the mentioned in the, the the wikipedia that i looked up uh, knights of the old republic too Darth Sion has a unique force power called pain which keeps him alive forever but never allows any of his wounds to heal
7: yeah it's it's quite gross <laughs> quite gross
4: <laughs> <laughs> something kind coming of,
5: okay yeah, anyway,
4: I think he, he sorry go ahead
5: I was going to say, gas mentioned one that we'd missed out. Has anybody else got one that we, 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 we may well have missed out? We've, I think, pretty much touched on all the ones that I had to mind. Well, we haven't really talked about, you know,
7: the Doctor himself or, or just Time Lord. I mean, we've talked about Raslon and the game of Raslon and, you know, the nature of immortality there. And I guess, you know, by extension, we're saying, as we see, I suppose, in... Uh, impossible astronaut that, in fact, the Doctor is not immortal, but he is, I suppose, a sort of virtually immortal,
5: kind of. Mm. And way. we have the Eternals, didn't we, in Doctor Who, yeah. uh, from oh, the Enlightenment? Yeah, yeah that's mm. true.
4: I mean, uh, somebody, had, uh, somebody had mentioned in the text chat, and I've lost it since I just became disconnected, I don't know if it was Davy Boy or not... Um, That there was a quote from the second doctor saying that um, he could live forever, barring accidents. Um, Which you know, there's nothing, of course, explained of of how long a Time Lord's life is um, prior to regeneration. Um, Yeah, and how long they could possibly live without you know, if they don't go out and explore, you know, or trip down the stairs or trip over a brick, as as it were, I think. Yes. And of course, as somebody had mentioned before the you know, doctor saying that he can regenerate X a hundred of times or whatever. So
5: Okay. Well, I think we're about wrapped up. I know you have time issues anyway, Ian, so Yeah.
4: Yep. I did really enjoy you guys arguing though and it was fun.
5: I'm kind of arguing. I, I, as I said well I won't repeat it people can listen back uh, just to say that next week uh, 3rd of July uh, we're doing from the mind of Alfred Hitchcock yes and we'll have some new things up uh, after that and hopefully you're still catching our commentaries we're shortly midweek we'll be putting up the third and final story in the series one of Sherlock yes
4: and who knows where we we'll go from there? We have been talking about what we're going to do next. Um, might be back to Doctor Who. Might not be. We shall see.
5: Right. Close us out, Ian. Okay.
4: Uh, just be standing by with a, a sound effect, Dave, because uh, I'm not sure if mine works since I got disconnected. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. There's nothing more to say. Then uh, it's goodbye from Mr. Dave A.C.
5: Oh, am I first? What? Is there anybody else in the room?
2: Well in case
4: <laughs> Well we
5: never mind. well I, well, I always didn't say and oh, it's goodbye from me and Bissett. We're closed out.
4: Yeah, yeah, Bye. yeah. But okay, if you want me to, I'll say goodbye to Zekrom, Merlin, Enterprise Who, Davy Boy, Tim Jury, Dar Skeptical, Gobo, Charlie P seventy nine, and it's goodbye from Mr Dave A C.
5: And it's goodbye from Ian, Six Doctor.
4: Yeah, we're going to write the second time.
8: Goodbye, everybody.